This is The Resilience, a global security and crisis management podcast. And I'm your host, Brennan Sims. Well, today we have a special guest with us, Seth Cobb. He is the EVP of operations at East West. And I'm really excited to have him on board. He's going to uh, share a little bit about himself, but also talk about, or more importantly, talk about um, operations from a global footprint. Um, and I'm gonna try my best not to steal any of his thunder here, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have him. He comes with a wealth of experience um, outside of East West, uh, but also in East West. And so uh, I'm going to turn it over. Seth, thank you for being here today. Um, glad to have you on board and have, have you as a special guest. Um, so I guess before we kick off, is there anything you'd like to share about yourself uh, to anybody that's listening to, to better get to know you? Yeah, well, thank you, Brandon. Thank you for um, asking me to, to be a part of your podcast and uh, thanks for just the opportunity. Um, Brandon and I work together here at East West and it's a real joy getting to work with him and just the way that he brings his expertise and knowledge to East West and just to, to take care of our staff and uh, really just shepherd them from a security perspective. Uh, yeah, you know, just a little bit about me. I've been at East West now uh, almost eight years. Uh, as Brandon said, I'm executive vice president of operations. For us here at East West, that really means the back office. So that's all of the support services that really support the rest of the ministry, uh, support our donors, support our staff, support other departments. Um, so that would be HR, IT, financial services, security with Brandon, um, recruitment, member care, and uh, the office itself here, kind of overseeing our headquarters. Um, yeah, so it's a real joy to be here before East-West. I was with the U.S. State Department as a Foreign Service Officer for eight years, had an opportunity to serve our country overseas in a couple of locations, as well as out of Washington, D.C. in our headquarters. Um, about eight years ago, the Lord uh, called my wife and I um, to East-West uh, through a, um, a variety of means and methods, and uh, really excited uh, to be here at East-West. It's it's a fantastic opportunity to get to really connect uh, in a more um, clear way my my life as a believer uh, with my profession. So yeah, thank you for having me, Ryan. Awesome. Well, so let's kick this off. Really, this is uh, for everybody that's listening or that will be listening. This is kind of an open discussion uh, between Seth and I, some things that uh, I've asked him to, to consider sharing and some things that, that he wants to talk about as it relates to global operations um, from his perspective, from his seat. Um, and so, as we know, we can all learn from each other. Um, we all come with different experiences. And so having him here today, he's coming from the executive side um, through his personal experience, um, what he's responsible for in the future ahead. Um, so kicking it off, Seth, um, you know, East West is a what I would consider a, a mid-size sending uh, agency organization. Um, but we have a global footprint that, that is actually pretty large, um, at least from from my seat. You know, we're we're operating to through and within like 90 countries from a security perspective, um, because people are traveling, transiting different countries, have layovers, have to crash at hotels and whatnot. So it's not just deployment locations or short term locations. Um, it's everywhere we go. And so 
understanding that, um, which you're very well aware of, obviously, um, overseeing the operations from your seat, what is that like? What does that entail from your perspective um, when we talk about our global footprint or a different agency's global foot footprint? Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it uh, makes it a really complicated job. It makes it a really fun job. Uh, rarely has any day um, been similar or even like any other day. So every day, you know, it is different, it's unique. The challenges that we face, um, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this on other podcasts, uh, but the, on other episodes, you know, the profile of at least an East-West missionary and most missionaries in general is different than your average person that's you know holding a corporate job or even a you know a stay-at-home parent or something like that here in the u.s it's a profile of someone who's who um through prayer through through um seeking the lord through seeking you know input from others from their pastor from their family and friends has decided to pick up their life here in the u.s and move overseas uh, whether it's for one year or for a lifetime, uh, that's a different type of person, uh, which means um, the the issues that we face from a support side uh, are going to be different than in a lot a lot of other organizations. East West in particular focuses on what we call the spiritually darkest places. Um, that's a, another way of saying unreached people groups which you've probably talked about in a previous episode, but it's really those who have uh, never heard of Jesus, who have no access to a Bible, to a church, to a Christian friend. They're not going to bump into someone at the grocery store or on the street corner and say, hey, tell me about Jesus, uh, or I want to tell you about Jesus. That, that just doesn't happen in these locations. And so that often means that they're geographically hard to access. It often means that there's oppression or restrictions from the government. And so those countries that you referenced, Brandon, really are some of the most challenging uh, countries to live in, not just as a Christian, but, uh, you know, as individuals. You're talking about up in the mountains and the Himalayas. You're talking about uh, islands scattered across the Pacific. You're talking about, you know, in the jungle. Um, kind of everything in between. Um, and so, yeah, it, it certainly makes it a challenge from an operations perspective. You know, the one of the great things about uh, working um, at East-West and probably many other organizations uh, similar to East-West is that people want to work here. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you attract people to nonprofits in general, <clears throat> Christian nonprofits, probably even more so in kind of specialized nonprofits like East West, especially because uh, there's no real reason to work at East West unless you really want to be here, unless you feel called here, unless you're excited about the vision and mission, unless you're excited about the Great Commission uh, and sending, you know, missionaries to these darkest and, and dangerous places. And so that means the type of people that are on the operations team, the type of people that are serving our staff, serving our donors, uh, are really passionate about what what we're doing. I mean, just not to, to call you out, Brandon, but you know, you your experience before East West was was uh, very unique, was uh, 
looked fantastic on a resume, was something that you could go to a dinner party and tell people about and they would ooh and ah. Um, and then to come to East West, I'm sure to some people felt like uh, a step down, you know, to people that weren't believers. Like, why would you leave this kind of high profile dream job to come and work at, you know, a mid-sized mission agency? Um, but there was something about the job, something about the mission, something about the vision that you said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to leave all that behind because this is uh, what the Lord's calling me to, and I'm going to be obedient to it. So that's a long-winded answer uh, to kind of talk about what it looks like and the type of people that we have, uh, you know, that support, support our, our missionaries and our ministry. Well, thanks, Seth. I, I you know, you, you, you nailed a lot there. Um, it, it, it was a great answer. Um, and, and, and one of the things you mentioned there was challenge. Um, what, what, um, what, what you can share, um, you know, publicly, um, when you say challenge that there's a challenge to our footprint, you know, and you listen, or you state a few examples there. Um, what does that mean to you? Can you unpackage that a little bit so that our people can understand, like from your seat, what, what is a challenge, um, from your perspective? Yeah, you know, I'll just use one example. Um, we've got some missionaries that are living in a, a Russian-speaking uh, country near near to Russia um, that had to to flee the the war that's going on right right now. Um, how do you how do you get money into a country uh, where you know there's there's um, SEC, IRS, you know, uh, treasury restrictions on getting funds in. How do we how do we make sure that our staff continue to get paid? It'd be much easier if they just came back to the U.S. or went to a, a Western European country. Um, but they, uh, the Lord has brought them to to the country that I'm referencing because they feel like you know what the Lord often uh, works through through crisis. Through, through tragedies. Um, people in general, historically, ordinarily, are more open to the gospel when there's um, chaos going on, whether it's COVID or whether it's a war, or whether it's you know um, the stock market crash, whatever, people's securities in themselves and in earthly things starts getting shaken and they start asking questions. And so these missionaries want to stay there, which, uh, you know, there's, there's a part of me that says, well, let's get them out of there. Let's get them back to safety. And there's also a part of me that says, this is exactly uh, what we're about and why uh, we take the risks that we take. We're going to trust the Lord with their their phys physical security. And so what can we do from operations to support them? And so some, that's a challenge that we have to face sometimes is how do we, how do we keep them equipped? How do we keep them resourced when... Um, there are impediments when there are walls uh, that, that make it a, a little bit harder for us to do our job. So from an operations perspective, we we talk, you know, that one of our purposes is to free our staff uh, from some of the burdens so that they can focus on, on their highest and best use. And so one of the burdens that we would take on so that we could free them in this case would be how do we get money um, how do we get funds legally, ethically, completely above board, uh, but creatively uh, to people, to our missionaries, wherever they might be? 
That's a good one. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I, I'd forgotten about the transition of that family um, and, and what they went through and, and some of the things they're facing. So I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up, actually, as an example. Um, when you talk about risk, you know, uh, in a future podcast, we're going to sp- spend some time focused on theology of risk. Um, and it may be a two episode split, um, but that, that's coming down the pipeline. But I'm glad you started with the risk. And, and I, like, I like how you've shared that um, there's there's risk that we'll face, um, but also it may be where God is still calling us to go, even in the face of this risk. Um, you know, and, and one of the, the, the lines that, that I use, uh, or motto lines that I use at East West is we're risk wise, not risk averse. Um, and we'll hit on that on a theology of risk down the road. Um, but from, from your perspective, when, when you hear from me, um, like when you and I meet, we do, we do briefings or I have to update um, you on what's going on worldwide, um, understanding that they were both agreeing on, in agreement on the mantra of risk-wise versus risk-averse. But at times, we can have different perspectives of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so from your seat as an executive, what what does that risk wise and risk averse mean to you? And then how do you implement that from your executive seats in operations? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you're you're right that there's no hard line of, you know, we will never do this and we will always do that. It really is, you know, case by case. And I think that's where that word wise or wisdom comes into place. Uh, comes into play you know it's not it's not about facts and figures and you know black and white and and clear-cut answers it requires wisdom so that means it requires prayer it it requires seeking the lord Uh, it means asking the lord for wisdom as we see in james and other places Um, and so uh yeah i would i mean i would say we we've sent people into countries uh that uh you know would be dangerous and you know one day and then you know six months later we would say nope not going to send them right now and so you know that really takes um you know prudence it takes using um the the mind that the lord has given us and that knowledge that he has given us and then really trying to to work through it you know one one thing we talk about often here is you know just wisdom and the um abundance of counselors and so you know there's there's no one person that you know normally makes a decision like that uh so let's say it's the middle east or it's it's east asia or you know it's where al-qaeda is or isis or you know a government that's quite um anti-christian uh you know it's it often starts with you know a missionary saying hey i've got an opportunity to go into this country uh can i go and that kind of works its way up to the 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 chain of command eventually ends up with you, Brandon, and you, you know, make some assessments and recommendations, and then it maybe comes to me, and then we take it, I take it, both of us take it to a larger group, and we make a decision there, and so, you know, so that we can get that perspective. Some countries are easy, right? Can we go into to France or Mexico or Canada? Yeah, sure, all day long, um, you know, under normal circumstances, uh, and so, that's that's uh, one answer I would give. The other I would say, you know, someone pointed this out to me. I wish I could remember who told me uh, this this thought because I think it's very 
uh, insightful. Our, our goal at East West, when we send missionaries, um, wherever it might be, um, let's just say the Middle East, we send someone to the Middle East. Our goal is not to keep that missionary in that country as long as possible. Our goal, our goal isn't to send them to the Middle East so that they can live there and retire there and die there. Uh, our goal in sending someone to the Middle East is to proclaim the gospel, is to share the gospel, to, to proclaim it, to advance the kingdom of God in that country, to um, make disciples, to plant churches, uh, to fulfill the Great Commission. That's why we're going to that country. And so it, I think it, it can be easy, and I understand why it can be easy. It can be easy for that missionary or for us to say, oh, what can we do to keep that person in, in the Middle East as long as possible so that they can have uh, a, a long ministry there. Not worried about fruit, we're worried about length of service in that particular country. If that's your primary objective, then you're gonna lay low, you're gonna not take risks, you're gonna blend into the into the community, you're not gonna proclaim the gospel, you're gonna you're gonna make all these other decisions if that's your starting point. But what we want our, our starting point to be is how can we share the name of Jesus with as many people as possible as as often as possible while still being risk wise. You know, the goal isn't to go in and walk into an Al Qaeda camp and and share the gospel and then, you know, immediately be captured. That that could be someone's calling. Uh, we've never had that. Uh, we would have to think that through, obviously. But our, our goal is to proclaim the gospel and with that means risk. Uh, with that means the potential for being kicked out of the country or persecuted or uh, jailed or all sorts of other uh, serious risks and perse persecution and suffering. Um, and so that's that's why we're not risk averse. Risk averse is someone sending someone into the Middle East and then hunkering down, you know, in a bunker and, and never sticking your head out. Uh, risk wise is we're going to send that person in they're going to be faithful to the calling, faithful to the Great Commission, and trust the Lord with their future and with their longevity there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how I would kind of say we, we try to balance that risk-averse versus risk-wise. Okay, great. I hope, uh, I hope that helps um, those who are listening, kind of um, hearing him unpackage that risk-wise versus risk-averse. And, and, uh, and also what I love that you said about part or through that was it's not black or white. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's in the gray area. Um, and even said on a case by case basis, um, you know, and, and from my seat, um, I enjoy hearing that because it also gives flexibility to those of us who are responsible for overseeing certain avenues, whether it's a field, a location group or a full department um, that gives us flexibility, um, which I enjoy. Um, and fulfilling the operations and whatnot from our specific lane. Um, but, uh, and, and so with that, I would like to move on just, uh, just for a little bit longer. Um, and let, let's switch it around a little bit here. Um, you know, what we've talked about risk, we've talked about some of the challenges, um, what, what, 
what you look for, how things kind of operate a little bit. Um, but to switch around, what are some, let's talk about these the successes uh, from your seat. What are some things, and and I'm assuming you could probably talk for an hour on this as, as well as, uh, but from a positive side, um, or, or maybe it's a, it's a success that went through some hard times, but what are some successes from your seat that you see um, in, whether it be from an East-West perspective um, or whatnot, or a partnership we've had um, as an org, but from your executive operational seat, what are some su successes that you've seen that have uh, moved ministry forward? Maybe um, come from bad or something bad, or it's been great the whole time on this specific topic. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything you would like to share um, I'm kind of throwing the ball. I'm, I'm I kind of threw something at him that he yeah. wasn't expecting on this question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, how have some of our risk, risks, um, opportunities kind of played out? Yeah. Just something that if, if there's anything that popped in, pops yeah. in your mind, uh, I, I promise y'all I didn't give him any, I didn't <laughs> give him a carrot before this one. Uh, yeah. so he's kind of staring at me like, what did sure. you just ask me? No, uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. You know, I think, uh, you know, one that comes to mind is we had some missionaries in a in a country in East Asia, and when COVID happened, you know, people had to leave. Uh, people were kicked out. You know, it. You know, everyone tried to to get back to safety as the world shut down. Um, and I think that was the right call. Uh, they weren't fleeing um, persecution or fleeing. You know because of fear of, of, you know, the gospel or something like that. It was for, you know, normal, uh, prudent reasons. But out of that, uh, those missionaries then dispersed elsewhere, both temporarily and long-term. Um, and so they've, they've gone on to, to fruitful ministry. Uh, and so, you know, just kind of what, what could have been a, a negative situation uh, we were able to redeploy them into new opportunities and new areas. That's one that comes to mind. Um, we've had um, we've had people with health situations where you know that may not seem like um, security uh, in your traditional sense, but it's it's the safety and security of our people. And so, uh, Brandon was involved in this. I was involved in this, where one of our missionaries. Um, was having brain surgery overseas and uh, in, a, in a third world country. And, you know, trying to get them out of there was uh, extremely harrowing, required medevac, required, you know, all sorts of, of uh, hoops and extra conversations, got them back to the U.S., got them stabilized. And now they're back in that same area um, with just an incredible uh, ministry there. Can you imagine being in a country as a missionary, proclaiming the gospel, facing the threat of, of persecution? Uh, you know, your your the friends and family, not family, the friends and the network that you have built there see you go through, uh, you know, brain surgery, literal brain surgery, and yet you're still trusting the Lord, still uh, depending on him, still proclaiming his goodness and his love um, to those that are watching, to nurses, to doctors, to, to unbelievers. Uh, 
you flee, you don't flee, you leave, you, you return to the, to the U.S. And then a year and a half later or so, you come back. Uh, I mean, what, and you're still proclaiming God's goodness. I mean, can you imagine what kind of testimony that is, how that might cause people to, to consider um, Christianity a little bit more seriously? Um, and so those would, those would be just a couple of the ones that, that quickly come to mind of, uh, yeah, just assessing those on a case-by-case basis and how something that maybe initially on the surface we thought, oh man, ministry's going to suffer. And yet, um, obviously the Lord, not us, the Lord turned it into something beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, that That's uh, the, the one about the, the family and the brain surgery. Um, it's one it's a beautiful family love that family they're 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 solid people and 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 great to talk to and joke with and and live life but also to watch um i've just been impressed how how like you said now they're back in country and full force in country not limited nothing they're uh, it's like nothing happened prior their boots on ground and moving and and even their daughter now Mm -hmm. um their daughter who is married Mm -hmm. and uh, her and her husband will be deploying overseas with us um, to a different location. But just the, the filtering or, or how it filters down, um, it evolves through generations with, from a missionary standpoint. Um, there's so much to talk about there, but, uh, but thanks for sharing that. What, uh, just for sake of time uh, and to respect your time and, and the listeners as well, what would be some key takeaways or, or something, advice that you would give as an executive, you know, um, you know. So, so those who are who are listening, um, Seth is a very humble guy. Um, he'll kind of shake his head if if you talk, uh, share his background or whatnot, um, and give him accolades. And he'll give a little smirk every once in a while. Um, and so, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to push him outside of his comfort zone for a little bit here. Um, so just bear with us. Um, but but it, it'll be worth it. I promise. Um, as an executive, your, your wealth of experience you talked about uh, prior, um, and then your eight years, going on eight years um, here at East West. As an executive, the, the listeners are, like I said before, everybody from family members, parents, um, business individuals, other missionaries, leaders and organizations, so a wide gamut of individuals who listen. Um, but from your seat, what is some advice that you would give something that you would want to leave as a nugget? Um, they've heard us talk back and forth, you answering questions, you giving things, but what is something you want to end on here as, as advice that you would give to somebody as it relates to being executive of a Christian organization that's, like I said, globally sending people out, sending teams out, deploying people. And then also operation side, you're, you know, you're the back office, you're the man in charge of the back office and, um, overseeing many departments. What, what is something, or even if it's a couple things, it doesn't have to yeah, be just sure. one thing, but what, what advice would you put out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know that I've ever um, been asked that particular question. You know, I, what comes to mind, um, two things, you know, one is, you know, the parable of the talents. Um, just that the Lord has gifted me and I'm confident everyone who's who's listening to this um, 
with resources, with talents, with with gifts, uh, with opportunities, um, and you know, what are we going to do with it? You know, not from a, a fear based that you know the Lord is displeased or you know He's furrowing His brow or that we're going to get to heaven and He's going to chide us and you know wag His finger at us. Not, not from that perspective, but from a, uh, I want to be a great steward of what the Lord has entrusted me with, whatever it might be. He's entrusted me with a, a wife and four kids and home and a bank account and a job and other things, right? Uh, how am I going to use that? And so from an, you know, my role perspective, it's a, it's a question that I like to uh, keep at the forefront of how am I stewarding the gifts and talents that the Lord has given me and I want to stand before him on judgment day despite all my my warts and and sins and and everything else that will be uh, laid bare I want to also be able to say you know what Lord I I I did my best and I, I was, I, I did my best to be a good steward of what you have given me. You know, I, I would say the other is just this concept that really resonates with me as kind of one of my, I don't know what the term is, my purpose or my, my, um, my, my, my desire in life is just the concept of Christ being magnified. And I, I want to do my job. I want to live my life in a way that Christ is magnified. And there's times here at East West when I've, you know, made decisions or not made decisions or when ministry has happened overseas and, and maybe there's a, a moral failure or we we didn't do what we should have um, in some form or fashion where Christ is not magnified, um, at least from a human perspective. We know he makes all things good, but, you know, we we mess things up. I mess things up and he he's not glorified in that. And so uh, I, I just challenge all of us with that. How are we living life? How are we doing our job? Uh, in such a way that he is pleased. There's a, um, I think Martin Luther King uh, Jr. in one of his his speeches uh, talked about doing our job with excellence. It's kind of the the, the theme of it. And he's got this, uh, you know, how eloquent he was. He, he has a couple of uh, examples of how we should work as unto the Lord. And um, one of them was, it said something like, you know, and if you're a, uh, a street sweeper, you know, sweep the streets as if you're sweeping the streets of heaven, you know, do it with that kind of gusto and with excellence. And if you're a scrub brush, a scrub bush on the, you know, the side of a path, uh, you know, be the best scrub bush you can be. And uh, I just love that, you know, if you're a street sweeper, you know, sweep the streets as if you're sweeping the streets of heaven. And, um, you know, I, I challenge us all with that to, to work in such a way to, to steward what we have in such a way um, 
not for, for our glory or for East West glory or for our family's glory or whatever it might be, but for the Lord's glory. So that's how I would awesome. answer that question. That's awesome. Thanks, Seth. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up um, for, for this episode. Uh, Seth, thank you for coming in um, and just giving up some of your time uh, to, to speak as an executive, uh, executive vice president of operations um, with a huge responsibility, overseeing a huge team um, and so forth. And it just filters down from there, but uh, just having a huge impact, <coughs> excuse me, and, and being involved in the ministry. Um, so thank you for your time, Seth. Um, I hope everybody here enjoyed this um, and there will be more episodes coming down the road. But uh, for today, thank you, Seth. And uh, thank you for being a part of this. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Thanks again for having me on and thanks for all you're doing to uh, protect our staff, steward our staff and and uh, just advance ministry through through the security department. You're really welcome. enjoy working with you. Well, thanks. You're welcome. So this is the resilience. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, or would like to become a sponsor, just visit our website at ewgsx.com. And that's where you can learn more about our ministry, about the information that we push out uh, from a security and crisis management perspective and further details.